uh, we are in a very special season in the life of our church. If you're just joining us, uh, we've just come off the back of an encounter weekend where together we joined with all of our locations all together and just God turned up and did something so fresh in our heart. But off the back of that, we've been talking as a team, what, what would it look like together for us to capitalize on this moment? Right? You don't want to just have a moment and let that moment go past. What would it look like? What should we do together to, to really help capture, make the most of this moment? And as we've been talking together as like a teaching team, and as a leadership team, we, we said, you know what, there's one thing that I think that we should focus on right now in this immediate moment to make the most of what God is wanting to do in our lives. Come on, because God doesn't want to just do something fresh in this house. He wants to do something fresh in your house. Not just in the life of our church, but your life. And so what we decided as we were talking and praying and really leaning in and hearing from God as to what He wants us to press into, we landed on the idea of learning to hear God. And tonight I want to come around this and maybe set it up for the next few weeks we're going to be talking about this. But I want to set it up because there is perhaps no more important thing in the life of a follower of Jesus, or perhaps even no more important thing in the life of a human being. If we have a God, the God that created all things, can actually commune with us, I would go as far to say that hearing God, learning to hear God, is perhaps the most important thing for every human being. But I also know that when it comes to hearing God, it's also fraught with all kind of confusion. Right? It's like we've all had those moments or perhaps you're just new and you've walked in and it's like, sweet, we're going to hear from a God that I cannot see. Like, is, like what, what happens? Is it just like the Mufasa voice? Is James L. Jones just going to be like, you prayed. You know, it's like, he's like what, do, what do we mean when we talk about hearing God? It's also full of, of confusion because people over... Time have used this idea of, of hearing from God and they've used it to sadly warp it into something that it's not. To coerce, control people. They've used it in these, these wacky and wonderful ways to go running off in just these unique, beautiful, weird directions. Right? We've all seen that. Somebody's like, I heard from God and now they're wearing tinfoil on their head and you know, just living in the backwoods of Utah or whatever. But it's like, no, where's kind of, no, um, <laughs> but what I, I, want, I want to come around tonight, the idea of hearing from God. But here's the thing, as, as much as this whole area comes with massive amounts of uncertainty and confusion and there have been times that it's been misappropriated and warped, it still remains, however difficult a subject to grasp, central to the idea of what it means to be human. So what I want to do tonight is really lay down a foundation, but I want to start with this, this one question, if God was to speak to you tonight, Maybe to say it a little better, if you were to hear God tonight, I wonder what He would say to you. What is it that He would speak into your life? How is it that He would, he would come and meet with you and converse with you? I wonder what change, what courage would begin to bubble up on the inside of you? What direction would He want to speak into your life? What affection would He want to bring to your mind if you were to hear from God tonight? 
What would he want to say to you? Jesus says this in John chapter 10 verse 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. What I get from that is central to our walk with Jesus is learning to hear his voice. Central to the idea of discipleship. Because, come on, we don't want to just have a moment that it's like, oh, we had a a kind of a woo-woo moment and we heard from God. But how do we take it further? How do we become more like the person God designed us to be? Central to this idea of discipleship, of becoming who He has formed us and created us to be, is the idea that we need to learn to hear His voice. But here's the trick. I cannot so much teach you to hear God, but I can teach you to learn to listen to God. Right? We are all, most of us, born with the idea, uh, the, the ability naturally to hear, but we have to learn what it looks like, what it feels like, how it, it's designed for us to listen to God. So what I want to do tonight is I want to come around this idea of what does it look like to have a heart that truly listens to God. Is that good? Yes. Fantastic. We have to... Before we dive into the idea of of hearing from God, we actually have to start really quick with the idea that we actually have a speaking God. Right? Perhaps, and and there it takes a particular kind of reading of Scripture to ignore the fact that we have a speaking God. Over 300 times in Scripture, there is some variation, some arrangement of the phrase, and God said. The Lord then spoke to him. They, the, the word of the Lord came to them. God said, the Lord said that we have a speaking God. 300 times in scripture, we see God speak to his people. A.W. Tozer, the theologian and pastoral writer says it this way. The facts are that God is not silent. He has never been silent. That it is in fact the very nature of God to speak. In fact, the second person of the Holy Trinity is called the Word. We have a speaking God. Really quick, to run it back, it begins in the story of Genesis. We have a God who speaks creation into being. And then He moves from that point to speaking and instructing and correcting and relating to the patriarchs. He meets and speaks with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And then He moves through to Moses in the burning bush. Then he meets with the nation of Israel and he speaks through his prophets. He gives his word, his wisdom, his insight to the very nation of Israel. And all of this, all of the, all of the movement of the Old Testament is based around God speaking to his nation and them responding or not responding to his word. And all of this, all of the Old Testament creation, the patriarchs, the law, the prophets, all of it culminates ultimately with the arrival of Jesus. Himself, John says, the very word of God became flesh. How many people know that it's really, you know, it it takes time. I mean, if you've ever met somebody that's dating long distance, you've heard them say, we just talk about everything. It's like you haven't, right? You don't have that many minutes on your phone plan. But it's like, but they know that you can only get to know somebody insofar as you hear and listen to the words that they're showing you. So it is with our God. 
That we cannot get to know Him any more than He reveals Himself to us through His Word. And God is so adamant that we really understand the words that He's talking about, that He put flesh and bone on His Word so that we could fully understand what He says. This is why the Word became flesh. The message says the Word put flesh and bone on and took up res. He moved into the neighborhood. Then Jesus dies. He comes back from the dead. And then he ascends to heaven and it moves forward from the end of Luke into the book of Acts. And we see the ascension of Jesus. And he said, excuse me, sends first to the apostles and then to all followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And then we see from people from all backgrounds, men and women, original disciples and new converts, all hearing and being led by the hearing of of God. We have a speaking God. We cannot ignore the idea that we have a God who speaks. Which comes to the idea the question is not, is God speaking? The question very simply is, are we listening? Are you listening? Right? We, we, we have a God who is a speaking God. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. That word hear is the word akuo in the Greek, which is the word that we get acoustic from. That, that instrument that Anthony so just sold out on throwing all of the parts at the front of the stage on. But, it, but the acoustics, it's, Jesus says, my sheep akuo my voice. They, they actually have begun to hear and recognize the resonance and the tenor. They, they become familiar with how my voice sounds. They become familiar with the way that it, that, it, that it sounds when they hear it. And then they are able to follow me. During the week we have a mother's group uh, that meets. And uh, I was just kind of breezing through because my car was down the back and, you know, walking the whole way around the building. That's tough. And so I kind of... It's, it's getting warm. Um, but as I was walking through, there was a, like, there's like a little bit of play equipment and there's, you know, a, a group of mothers there and as it invariably does, they are sitting and chatting and the kids are over there playing on this play equipment, not out of the room, but in just kind of out of the line of sight. And about two seconds into me walking into the room, there comes that shrill shriek of a child, just like, Wah! And immediately, every mom in the room tilts their heads like three degrees. They just like, they do this. It's like the, that shout comes, and then they're all like, as though there's like a gyroscopic place in which every mother can perfectly identify the pitch of their child. And they tilt their head and then one by one, they're like, not mine. And then the mother whose child it was was like, not hurt. Right? Because they could hear, they're so familiar with the sound of their child's voice that they can hear it and understand it. They're familiar. Friends, can I tell you that the call of Jesus to every person who follows him is to become so familiar, almost familial, with His voice that we can hear it so close and so near to us and so familiar to us that we can hear His voice and follow Him. Friends, can I tell you that it is the place of people and what our hope is over these next few weeks is that we would teach you to learn to listen, to hear, to akuo the voice of our Jesus, so that you can hear and recognize and respond 
to his voice when it comes to you. Learn to recognize when that peace that comes on you when you have to make a decision. And because it's like, well, what does God's voice sound like? It, it, it speaks to us in so many ways. He speaks to us in so many ways, but we have to learn how to listen, identify and respond to what it is that he's saying. A peace comes into your heart when you have to make a decision. That's God. You're faced with insurmountable odds and for some reason confidence and faith begins to bubble up inside you because a promise comes into your heart. That's God. When doors begin to open that you thought that was, there was never a way. When doors begin to shut when you thought that was the way. Friends, sometimes can I tell you that is the voice of God. When you're reading scripture and something just jumps out and God says that's the thing that's been going on in your life. That's the voice of Jesus. When you're reading and you're sitting and it feels like, you know, you're pressing in and maybe this is your experience at the moment. You're here and you're like, I really want to hear the voice of God, but for some reason it just feels like I can't hear a thing. Can I tell you, God is never not speaking. Sometimes, though, He speaks through silence. If you've been married, if you're in a relationship, you know this just as well as anyone that's ever walked the earth. Because if the person that you're dating, you're into, maybe a close friend, is not talking to you, they are saying so much. Right? When, 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 your, when your spouse is like, they're not talking to you, they are saying something by not saying something. And we need to learn to hear, to akuo, to attune our ear to the voice of God so that we can hear and follow His leading. I want to illustrate what this looks like just a couple things through the story of Samuel and forgive me because I know if you've been around church for any length of time you've heard this story preached so many times right I've I've myself preached this story so many times but I was reading it recently and it just something about this story just came and just hit me right in the chest have you ever had that you read a passage of scripture you're so familiar with it's like I've I've heard this story, I've heard it illustrated, I've, I've literally illustrated it with a pen and paper. I saw this thing play out on a felt board. But then you read it and just something twigs, some, uh, there's an impression that it just, it hits different. And I was reading this story recently and it just, it hit different. And so I want to read this through and begin to pull out some things about what it looks like to have a heart that wants to listen for the voice of God. Can we do that? 1 Samuel, verse 3, 1 to 10. It is going to be somewhere. Also in the Bible. 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. It says this, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of, the God, uh, the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Friends, can I just sidebar just here? You might be here and you're just new to this whole idea of faith and you might have this idea in your head 
that God only speaks to those that are the elite of the Christian world. Can I tell you, God is adamant on calling each and every one of you by name. Samuel, Samuel didn't recognize the voice, but God was still speaking to him. Perhaps you're here and you're like, I just feel a drawing. I just feel something in my, in my, in my inner, thi- I don't know how to describe it, but just something deep down is leading me. And I don't know what it is. Can I tell you that God is interested in calling each and every one of us by name? A third time, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy, so Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood there calling, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Like I said, I was reading this passage in my own time recently and it just hit different because I've spoken about this story as a youth pastor. I've spoken it at kids' events. I've spoken it at youth events. I've, I've grown up hearing about this story. But as I was reading it through again myself recently, it just it hit different. And I think one of the reasons why is because I used to always preach and hear that message as somebody that always saw myself as Samuel in the story. It's like, I'm young. I'm, like, I'm, I'm a young person, so this is for me. But then I realize I'm going gray in a hurry. <laughs> and my son, Dallas, is closer to the age of Samuel than I am to Samuel in this story. And I felt like the Lord opened my eyes to an edge to this story that I hadn't seen before as I'd read it through. And, and I... I saw that not only is there the inspiration of Samuel, but there is also the warning of Eli. And so tonight, if you are here and you're wanting to learn to listen for the voice of God, can I tell you, lean in. Because in this story, there are a few keys for what it looks like to learn to listen. But if you're here and you've been following Jesus for any length of time, I'm not just talking about those who are more advanced in years. But if you've been following Jesus for any length of time, can I encourage you that that if you once did hear and it feels like you're having a hard time hearing from God in your days today, there is something for you in the story. And I want to pull out just a couple things when it comes to hearing God. And over the uh, the next few weeks, we're going to hopefully work to train your ear so that you can hear the voice of God. But I want to establish a starting point. We go back to the story at the start. It says that in those days, the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, went and lay down in his usual place. Can you see that there we see a couple of things going on? The word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And rather than saying, Eli is getting old, they focus on the fact that his eyesight is failing. There is a parallel, almost you can see a physical illustration of a spiritual reality that is taking place in the life of Eli. That at one stage Eli could see, but now he can't. Why is that? Because the word of the Lord was rare to him. There is a kingdom of God spiritual pattern that we see all throughout scripture that hearing is seeing. Pastor Wayne spoke about it uh, recently and 
Pastor Chris spoke about it as well. The idea of having spiritual sight is so intrinsically linked to the idea of hearing. In Habakkuk it says, I will stand watch to see what you will say. In Psalm 119 it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you want to see, friends, if you want to navigate this life, if you want to see clearly, you have to learn to hear. If you want to see, you must learn to hear. Recently, my wife and I uh, got a new car. I thought it was a family car. Turns out it's hers. And we put on, uh, like I was driving through the city uh, recently the other night, and I flicked the headlights to what I thought was auto. And when you're driving through the city, have you ever had this? It's like everybody else's lights is kind of doing the job. It feels like headlights are more of like a group activity. And so I was driving and I just thought everything was peachy until I got to kind of the backwoods where I live and I became acutely aware of how dark this night was. And I realized as I got home that my headlights were not on as I thought they were. They were just like a low fog light. Can I tell you the way that I drove around my neighborhood compared to how I normally would, when I could hardly see what was ahead, I was anxious, I was slow, I was nervous about what was coming next. Friends, if you want to navigate life with the confidence that God designed you to have, we need to learn to see well by hearing clear. If you want to get through this life that is full of twists and turns and hurt, if you want to navigate your life and your career, if you want to navigate relationships as you're navigating dating, if you want to just come out that the other side without all of the beatings and battered bruises that come alongside that, oftentimes you need to learn to see by learning to hear. There is an an absolute importance that we learn to hear. See, Eli once heard the Lord a lot. It says that Eli led the nation of Israel for 40 years as the prophet. He was the man that the word of the Lord would normally come through. He used to hear the Lord a lot. Eli once saw well, but something had changed. We read in the chapter earlier that Eli had begun to allow into his home and into his life things that dishonored God. He had become permissive and unaffected by things that broke the heart of God. He became ambivalent almost to the point that he didn't really care about the the effects that sin and dishonoring God had on his life and on his world. Friends, the first thing that we need to do when it comes to learning to hear the voice of God, we need to learn to honor God. You want to learn to hear God, learn to honor Him. See, a prophet comes, is sent to Samuel, and they speak to him, and they give him a warning, and it says this, God says that He will honor those who honor me. Friends, if we can learn to honor God, we will actually position ourselves in our lives to hear His voice. What does it look like? It looks very simply like cultivating a heart and a life that puts God's word, His will, and His ways above all else. It looks like saying, God, the way that you have called, the life that you have called me to, I will give everything and anything to pursue it with all my might. 
that old way of living, that old way of thinking, that those, those things that used to hold me back, that you've set me free of. God, I am choosing to step fully into the life that you have called me to live. It looks like learning to live in a place of repentance. Learning to practice daily, not just a repentance that leads to salvation. Yes, that's the beginning, but learning as Jesus instructed us to say, God, would you just forgive me for those little things that I continue to let into my life? God, would you bring to mind those things that don't honor you? To repent simply means to turn your head and your heart towards God. If we want to hear God well, we need to learn to live a life that constantly reorients itself in the direction of His goodness and His grace. We need to learn to honor God. Help me put away old ways of being in my speech, my thoughts, actions, reactions, and relationships. God, let me have a heart that honors you. Listen, I'm not saying that you can't hear God because you've got sin in your life. Right? That's not, that's not what I'm saying. In fact, we see in the book of Acts that God calls to Saul who's busy trying to burn the whole church down. He says, Saul, Saul. So God's not in the business of not talking to you if you've got things that are dishonoring him. What I am saying is God's not giving you the cold shoulder. But when we live a life that does refuses to honor God in every way, we weaken our ability to hear his voice. God does not stop speaking. He does not stop wooing. He does not stop calling. He does not stop encouraging and lifting and rebuking and calling. He does not stop. But when we choose to live a life that doesn't honor Him, we weaken our ability to hear His voice. Friends, can I encourage you? What would it look like for you to simply say, God, would you help me live a life that honors you? See, I'm not saying that He doesn't Talk to us when there is sin in our life. But can I tell you that there is a confiding that God loves to have with those who honor Him. Let me show you some things. Psalm 24, 14. It says, friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence Him. With them alone, He shares the secrets of His promises. Another version says, He confides in those that fear Him. The promise of Proverbs 3.32 is, His secrets are in the upright. And here's the, here's the beautiful, wonderful, amazing news of the gospel. This is for every single one of us in Jesus. Right? It's not just for those that can pull themselves up by their bootstraps and lift themselves to a level that they can hear God. But what does happen when we simply say, Jesus, today I need your grace to forgive me, to call me into a whole new way of living that I might honor you We actually step into a way. See, I've always found it very, almost uncomfortably easy to hear God when I pray, God, how can I better honor you? You've experienced this in your world. Maybe, like again, maybe if you're in a relationship, maybe you're a housemate and you ask them, hey, how could I pull my weight around here a little better? I've never had Brioni come up short for an answer to that question. Right When you come to God, if you want to hear God, simply come to Him. And like David said, Lord, search my heart. Show me, is there anything in there that doesn't align to who you've called me to be in Christ? Proverbs 3 verse 4 to 5, it says that in all of your ways, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. As we just read, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. 
and he will direct your paths free. See, he said, in all of your ways. Not just in all of like the, the not just in all of your decisions, not just in all of your like yeah, I'd love to hear from God, but he says, when you align your life to the way that he designed you to live, it will open your ears to hear his voice better. We've got to learn to create a life that God is at home in. We've got to honor the Lord. Number two, we'll race along. We have to learn to pursue his presence. It says that Eli was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was, then the Lord called Samuel. See, what's crazy about this story is as we read it, there's, there's some things that you need to know that there were actually provisions for the priest to stay inside the temple there were actually provisions for the priest to lie close to the presence of God. In the Old Testament, the presence of God was like promised to dwell in the Holy of Holies, in that inner place in the tabernacle. God said, I will make my dwelling there. I will inhabit that tent. I will be there. And Samuel, uh, he's lying as close as he can, but we actually see that Eli decided to go back to his usual place. Eli decided to go back to his own bed. In fact, the lamp had yet to go out. Eli could have still been performing his priestly duties and yet circumstance, convenient and comfort dictated that he should go back to his usual place. His fire had gone down from being near the presence of God. For years, I'd been a youth pastor. I think I was a youth pastor for about seven, eight years. And it's like every single Friday night, I've got to give, be honest with you, every single Friday night, pretty much we preach about fire. Fire in Jeremiah 29.11. And it's like, like, why? Because we know the uncontrollable, uh, like just potential of young people when they get consumed with a hunger for the presence of God. We know that it's what what God can do in a young person and through a young person's life when they catch on fire for God and we see him begin to do things. And then what happened is they mistakenly pulled me out of youth ministry into big church. And in big church, I discovered that people, people actually think that you mature out of a fire for God. It's like, sweet, I was, I was on fire, I was passionate, I wanted to pursue his presence, but now I'm in big church. And it's, I'm mature now. I drink oat milk. They milked an oat. I drink it. Right, we, we have bought into the lie that, or the idea that, that you mature out of, it of a fervor for the presence of God. Yeah. Friends, could I encourage you, could I tell you that, that, we, that a sign of spiritual maturity is not a lesser sense of the passion for His presence. That a passion for His presence is not, you don't mature out of it. Perhaps, in fact, instead, it's a sign of spiritual lethargy. It's not spiritual maturity to have a lesser passion for the presence of God. It's a sign of spiritual lethargy. And perhaps you're here and you're honest with yourself for a moment. You would say that, yeah, Ryan, I'm here. And if 
feels like in my heart the fire has gone down. Like Eli, it's like, I'm, I want to be near his presence to a point. I want to pursue him to a point that is convenient. Friends, tonight can I encourage you? Can I speak to your spirit for a second? Fan into flame that gift that is inside you. Come back to that place that says, at all costs, with everything I can, I will get close to the presence of God in my life. Pursue His presence. Come on, if you're here and it's like, I feel like the fire has gone down, it is not the end for you. This is not a warning. This is an encouragement to stir you up to pursue Him again. John, in his revelation, he speaks to the church of Ephesus and he says, you've done so much right. In fact, you have persevered and endured many things for the sake of my name. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. And what is his encouragement? Go back. Friends, if you're here and it's like, I felt like I could hear God so clear, but it just feels like it's dwindled. Can I encourage you, go back to those things that you did when you first discovered the love of God. Where is Samuel? Eli has gone back home. He's, I'm here. I want to pursue him to a point of convenience, but now I'm going to go to my own place. But Samuel, on the other hand, is lying as close as he can to the presence of God. Some commentators would say that he's sleeping almost with his shoulder on the curtain. He's as close as he can, almost as if to say, God, you're going to have to trip over me if you come out. Friends, can I encourage you, pursue his presence in your life. What does that look like? Can I encourage you, there is something so incredible about coming together as a church and worshipping him. There is something so beautiful about this moment that we have, but if that's all there is, then you are missing out on the fullness of what is available. Can I encourage you to pursue His presence in your day-to-day life? Create space to encounter God on the daily. Sit and read with your Bible open before you quiet yourself. Turn your car into an auditorium that is filled with the praises of God. Come on, if you, like, if you don't have a Spotify playlist, get a cassette. Do whatever you got to do to find yourself in the presence of God because in His presence there is the fullness of joy. In His presence there is refreshing flow. In His presence there is confidence and boldness and joy and peace that you can get nowhere else. And if you want to hear the voice of God, you've got to get in His presence. So what does that look like for you? What does it look like for you to simply make room in your day-to-day life so that you can wait on Him, that you can think on Him? It says, then God called Samuel three times. Eli said, just go to bed. Quit getting out of bed. Go to bed. Grab a drink of water. Go to bed. Right? And then... What I realized as a parent as I was reading this through, and this is where I just felt like the conviction of the Spirit hit me in the chest. What I realized is three times Samuel came asking about a voice, and three times Eli did not recognize it for the boy. If you're a parent here, can I encourage you, learn to hear the voice of God for your children. Learn to recognize when God is speaking to your kids. Learn to recognize as well. Learn to recognize when God is speaking to friends that are just new on their journey. Because at the moment we, we have a morning devotion. In fact, my son was questioning my dad about it. Yes, he's like, are you having a morning devotion? He's like, I guess so. 
But we sit and we ask, what's God saying to you at the moment? And sometimes it's like, ah, this, and you're like, that's not God. (laughs) Nope. But other times, 90% of the times, it's like, Jesus loves me. And you're like, that's it. That's the voice of God. Can I encourage you, learn to hear the voice of God for your kids so that they can grow up knowing a kuo, begin to hear the resonance of what it sounds like when Jesus speaks to their spirit. Three times he didn't recognize it. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Again, a side note here. What's so troubling to me is that Eli could tell everybody else how to listen, but couldn't hear for himself. God forbid I become an armchair expert, knowing it all, but never knowing it for myself. Come on, can I encourage you, don't get so head smart that you never hear the voice of God speaking through his word. Don't become such an expert at Bible studies that you miss the voice of the one who wrote it. The Lord came and stood there calling his adults at home, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. The third thing is when he, when he calls, respond quickly. If you want to hear the voice of God, first thing you got to do is you got to learn to honor God. You need to learn to pursue his presence and you need to learn to respond quickly. When you hear, respond. When prompted, move. When you see in Samuel's life, even to the point God tells him to fill his horn later in his life and go and anoint one of Jesse's sons. And Samuel says, if I do that, Saul will kill me. So God says, take a cow. And he's like, okay. Even to the point of danger and reputational damage, even to the point that at times Samuel would be putting himself out there at risk of of being despised and, and, and rejected. Every time he hears the voice of God, he responds. Can I encourage you, when you hear the voice of God, move quickly. I'm not saying... Hear me, I'm not saying get swept away on every prophetic word that you read on the internet. I'm not even saying go and move on every word that you receive from a friend or even a pastor. Scripture tells us to test every prophetic word by two or three witnesses. I'm not saying go and live your life blowing in the breeze, changing on a whim every day. One day Jesus told me to go this way, now he's telling me to go that way. As though God's in the business of wasting your time. Can I tell you he told us to redeem the time? He's not in the business of wasting your time, making you blow in the breeze. No, what we need to learn... And what our challenge most of the time is not too much movement. Come on, if you're honest with yourself, it's not that you move too quickly when God speaks to you, it's that you don't respond at all. When we hear His voice, we sit and we debate it. We sit and we wonder, is that God? I don't know. Friends, can I just give you a cheat sheet real quick? If God prompts you to go and pray for somebody, if God prompts you to go and bless somebody, and you're like, I don't know if that was God. Can I tell you, it wasn't the devil. (laughs) Nope. Friends, if it leads to more of the kingdom present, if it makes heaven more full or heaven more felt, Can I tell you, it was probably God. 
You just feel, you don't know how to describe it, but you just feel to share the good news of Jesus. You just feel like prompted to just go out and, and, and serve or listen or encourage. Friends, can I tell you, if something inside you leads you to looking, acting, or living more like Jesus, yeah, go for it. It was probably God. Dallas, Dallas Willard said that perhaps we don't hear the voice of God because we don't really expect to. And if he does, we don't expect to do anything about it. He says if we really want to run our own lives without any interference from God, our very perceptual mechanisms will filter out his voice or twist it to our own purposes. Friends, if you want to hear the voice of God more in your life, you have to realize that He is not an interruption to your life. He is the beautiful ruler of your life. When He speaks, move. When He prompts you, respond. When He leads you, engage. Sometimes, and maybe all it is, is simply saying like Samuel, speak Lord. I'm listening. Speak. I love it because Samuel... At the start of the story, he could hear God, but he had to tell God that he was listening. Have you ever had those conversations that you're just sitting and you're listening and then the other person just stops? They just stop talking? And you're like, are you going to finish what you're saying? And it's like, I didn't know that you were listening. Why is that? Because you stopped responding. If you want to continue to hear the voice of God respond as he speaks. We see throughout the book of Acts, in fact, that his word builds. Ananias The Lord comes and he says, Saul's had a fall. Go to the house on the street called Straight. And when he arrives, he begins to say more as the Lord shows him as things that are beginning to happen. He speaks to Philip. He says, go for a walk. He goes for a walk. Then he says, go to that road. He goes to that road. Then he says, go to that chariot. He goes to the chariot. Then he says, engage with the Ethiopian eunuch. Philip hears the voice of God four times because he responded the first time. If you want to continue to hear the voice of God, can I tell you to engage, respond, move when He leads you. I had this happen yesterday. I was at Bunnings, just picking some things up, if the band wants to come. And I needed some help lifting something into my car. And one of the the workers, it was just kind of there, and he was like, yeah, sweet, let's go for a walk. I think he was pretty keen to get out of behind the checkout. And so we, we went for a walk and as we got near the, the ute, I was using the church ute, he was like, oh, nice car. Usually I would say, it's not mine. Or I would just take the compliment and just be like, yeah, it is, whatever. I drive this, I'm a man, got calluses. <laughs> but as he said, I went to say, oh, it's not mine. But then something inside me was just like, oh, just, I was like, oh, it's from church. He was like, oh, I haven't been to church in so long. And then, I like direct confrontation as much as I like being kicked in the shins. But I just felt to say, why'd you stop going? As though that's a normal thing to say to a human being that you've ever just met briefly. They're doing manual labor on your behalf, and now you're challenging them on why did you stop going to church? Why did that happen? But what, what that led to was 40 minutes of conversation of encouraging this young man that God's eyes on it. That he's for him. That he hasn't quit just because he's not going to church. God hasn't quit on him. I don't know what's going to happen from that. I don't know what's next. But what I do know is, because I said yes at the first, I heard on the second. You want to continue to hear the voice of God. Continue to respond. Finally, 
If you want to learn to hear the voice of God, you've got to learn to grow in the word. 1 Samuel 3.21, it says, The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. You see, Samuel had already seen the Lord. He'd already had an experience. But how did he continue to grow? Through the Word. Friends, I thank God for every other way of hearing His voice in the prophetic, in visions, in dreams, in nature, in words of knowledge. But can I tell you, none of them replace the Bible. None of them are better than the Bible. God's voice is God's voice and we hear it best through His Word. His Bible, His Holy Word is the measure by which we compare every prophetic word. It's the measuring rod by which we guard ourselves against error. His Word is the objective truth by which we measure all of reality. Friends, if you want to learn to hear the voice of God, you've got to learn to love the Word. It's crazy. On the road to Emmaus, Jesus is walking along and He sees some men who are just down in the pits and He asks them, what's going on? And they're like, you haven't heard? There's been so much. And Jesus is like, you have no idea. And instead of just kind of revealing Himself to these people, Jesus is like, let me Let me explain to you what's going on. And he takes them on a two to three hour Bible study. You might ask yourself the question, why didn't Jesus just be like, it's me, check it. It's awesome, I can, I've got holes in me. Because Jesus knew that these men needed to ground their faith in something more than a subjective experience. They needed to have this experience grounded in the objective truth of the Word of God. Imagine if I said, next week, it's the end of youth camp, we've got a very specially invited guest, the risen Lord. Yes, I love it. Great get. Don't know how they're paying those international airfares, but good on them. It's like, we arrived, we're so excited. So excited for this experience. And then Jesus comes up on the stage and he says, you think Ryan preaches long? Let me take you through two or three hours. Scripture says he began with Moses in the law and through the whole prophets and showed them everywhere that the scripture pointed to him. Friends, Jesus, the very living word of God, knew, respected, enjoyed and employed the written word of God so that every one of us would begin to comprehend the, the supremacy and the centrality of the word of God in our lives. See, the Christian experience is not a subjective, well, how I feel is my truth. I just felt like God was speaking. No, the Christian walk is grounded in the objective, written, recorded, and captured, living Word of God, contained in the Scriptures, engulfed in His Word. It is to take the center place of our entire life and mind. If you are stuck in old ways of thinking and you want to learn to have a victorious mind, can I tell you, learn to think more like Christ. How do you do that? You think the thoughts that he had. How do you know the thoughts that he had? He wrote them down in Scripture. About 16 years ago, I started dating Brioni. I really liked her. It was all about her. She was really cute. But we did not think the same. Now we get teased non-stop about the fact that both of us think basically the same about so much. Why is that? Because we spent so long beginning 
to understand each other through our words, that we know the way the other person thinks. You want to learn to think like Christ, get in His Word. You want to learn to align your life to the, the, the way that He designed you to live, get in the Word. I was watching recently an interview with an author, and it became very obvious early in the piece that this interviewer had never read a single work of this author. He began to ask, what are you going to do? What are you going to do next? Like, what's on the cards? You know, it was one of those press junkets. And this author just knew immediately. He's like, you have not read a single... And he just clammed up. Interview finished. The next person walks in and begins to just gush over everything that he'd written. Just the series upon series that he'd read and just loved. Who his favorite characters were. He just began to say, everything that you've written so far, I'm all about. What are you going to do next? And this author just lit up, began to tell him all of these incredible things that he was working on, began to show him all of this stuff that he'd kind of woven into the midst of it. Friends, if you want to hear the unrevealed will of God, fall in love with the revealed will of God already contained in Scripture. You want to hear what he's doing next? Know what he's already done. Begin to fall in love with it. Get in the Word. Read it because it's God's voice. Read it because you want to hear Him. Read it because it is the very breath of God being poured into our hearts. Romans 10.17 says that now faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of God. What it's saying is as we read it, it opens our heart to hearing. Usually it looks like sitting there with the Bible open and I get it, it's a big book, it's very confusing, but... Usually you just open it and maybe it's just one verse that just jumps out of the page at you. And God just points at it. He's like, that, there. That's what's going on. Or He shines a light on a promise. He says, that's for you today. Just something inside your spirit begins to bubble up as you open His Word and God begins to shine a light on it so that it And its light can begin to consume you. Friends, can I encourage you to read it. Saturate in it. Meditate on it. Get involved. Find some time in your day to simply open the Word. If it's just a verse, just read a verse. If last week you read the Bible one time, try to read it twice this week. If you've only ever read it once, go for a second. Read it because it's God's Word. Read it because you want to hear Him speak. Read it because you love it. Read it until you love it. Get in the Word of God. You begin to read as you begin to tear it open. You begin to hear the Word of God speak into your very soul that your sin is no match for the blood. That your shame is not greater than His love. That He is risen. That He is for you. That His power is in you. And His eye is on you. All of His promises are yes and amen. And all of this is spoken into your spirit by learning to love the Word of God. Friends, we all need to hear the voice. Every which way you turn, there is confusion, there are difficult times, there is hard moments, and we need to hear the voice of God. How do we do it? How do we position ourselves to tune our ear in? We learn to honor Him. We pursue His presence. We we just say, you know what, God? In every 
way that I can. I, I, I'm going to just get as close as I can. We respond quickly. And we grow in the Word. I wonder tonight, what would God say to you if He could speak to you tonight? Perhaps you're here and if every head wants to bow and every eye wants to close. Perhaps you're here today because something, maybe in something you can't quite explain, led you to feel like you just need to give God a go. The Bible says that He stands at the door of our heart and He knocks. Perhaps you are here because that thing that you've heard is the voice of the one that made you calling you home. Speaking to a young lady this morning who said, you know what, Ryan, I just I had no intention of, of coming to church today. I came to church as, a, as an 11-year-old girl, but now, you know, just life and whatever else, I just... I couldn't shake the idea that I, got, I just got to get into church. Maybe that's your story. Can I tell you what's going on? The one who loves you is calling your name. He's telling you to trust Him, to turn to Him, to say, God, would you forgive me for the way that I've been going and let me and lead me into the life you designed. If that's you tonight and you're saying, Ryan, I know that God has been calling my name. Perhaps you're like, I don't even know what it is, but I just know that I need Jesus. If that's you on the count of three, I want to encourage you to just be brave for a couple seconds and raise your hand. Scripture tells us that if we would believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. Today is your day to know salvation. And if that's you, Right where you're at, would you just raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. Right where you're at. And you say, Ryan, today is my day to say yes to Jesus. Amazing people making that decision. Is there anyone else that's saying, you know what, Ryan? Tonight I want to say yes to Jesus. If you're here and you're making that decision, would you just place your hand on your heart? And we'd all pray this together. Jesus, tonight. Come on, all together. Jesus, tonight. I'm turning to you. Forgive me. Call me your own. Jesus, tonight, I'm asking you to come into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen.